One Week Season. One Week Season, fam, La Familia, welcome back. One Week Season, FanDuel Labs, Week 7. I'm your host, Mike Johnson, M. Johnson 86. Great to be here with you. Sorry, I was a little slow on the uh, intro there. You, you caught a quick glimpse of me before it, it jumped over from the countdown uh, to our intro. But it's great to be here with you guys. Uh, week six was a very good one for yours, truly. Uh, not necessarily on FanDuel. I did all right on FanDuel. But um, yeah, we'll get into my results from DraftKings. We will uh, talk to our good buddy Maximus about his uh, ventures into the, uh, once again, knocking on the door. Um, and he's, he's going to break it down one of these days. Um, but yeah, uh, very excited. Week six was, was a fun one. Uh, week seven, a little bit ugly on the surface, uh, especially for a site like FanDuel. It's so, so touchdown heavy. We got a lot of games with game totals around 40 or below. So um, going to get into the strategy around that. And we are going to bring my good buddy Maximus to the stage. Maximus, welcome. I'm digging the lion in the background. How you doing? He's been here the whole time. Um, mm. Well, first off, I want to congratulate my esteemed colleague, Mr. <laughs> Mike Johnson. Two, I believe two big hits. I know this is a fan duel show, but hats off to you, sir, on the uh, the DraftKings hits uh, this past week amazing to see that and to hear about it um i believe you had said you've been in a little bit of a cold streak too so that's just perseverance and persistence it does pay off people and my host is a, an example of that yeah yeah it was um yeah i mean i hadn't i'd had a couple big scores in the 2021 season 2022 i mean i had a couple it wasn't like I lost every single week, but I think, um, you know, from weeks, I look back at my results from weeks like 11 through 18, the main slates, I was, I think there was like two weeks that I broke even and the, uh, the rest of the weeks I was down with like three or four of them being like down like 80%. Um, and then uh, this year over the first five weeks, I had like one break even week. Um and two really bad weeks and two like down a little bit weeks. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it felt good. Felt good to get back on the winning train. Um, you know, for those who aren't familiar with what we're talking about, uh, you know, if you follow us on Twitter, if you're in our discord, um, you probably would have seen the things in the Bink channel. Um, but I had a couple of good lineups, uh, on DraftKings actually. Um, and I'll, share them quick. So on DraftKings, I took second in the um, 300K. Uh, this is the Flea Flicker. That's a $5 tournament, uh, 50,000 to first. Um, my team took second, as you can see here, with 208.28 points, uh, four points behind fellow one-week season member, Gronk Destroys. Shout out to Gronk Destroys uh, on a wonderful lineup that he had. Uh, took me down there. Um, you know, if if I'm going to take second, you know, I'm happy, very happy that it was to a fellow one-week season member. So that was awesome. Uh, you know, this lineup I have here, we talked about a lot on the site. Both JM and I 
uh, had the, the Falcons block in our player grid. Um, so, and I talked about the Falcons commanders game um, in my player grid that's available for uh, our subscribers. Uh, that was my GPP game of the week. Uh, the Falcons commanders game hit really well here with Ritter, London, Johnny Smith. Um, then I had a uh, Dolphins Panthers kind of stack there with Mostert and Waddle and Adam Thielen coming back for the Panthers. Uh, and then to round it out, I had uh, some high usage, high upside players, I thought, uh, with Kenneth Walker, Amon Ross St. Brown, and the Bears defense. Uh, so, yeah, that was a bit of a sweat. You know, <laughs> Maximus, you, you know, you've talked about the, like, feeling like you're on, on the cusp and, like, just, you know, haven't had things break right at the end, like, you know, it's interesting because like you look at this lineup and granted, so this tournament, it's a $5 entry fee and there are, uh, let's see, 71,000 entries in it. So that's, you know, it's a lot bigger than uh, like number of entries than what you're playing, but still the concept holds the same. Cause like here I took, so I took second. Um, and if you look at only mine, I actually had Another lineup took 24th, one took 73rd, one 14th. So had a few up there, but um, like the interesting thing is like you can see, so 10th place had 205.48. So, you know, they're within three points of me. Um, you know, it comes down to the end there and, you know, I think there, you know, that's a three point difference between 10th place in this tournament Um you know, the swings are just so big. 10th place here is a thousand bucks. So like, look at that guy's roster. And if you're watching this PNH three, two, four, uh, apologies, but you know, he had a very good roster too. You know, it's three point difference. You think about the course of a day in, in NFL DFS, like how small that margin is, you know, it's great. I took second 20 grand. That's awesome. Was my lineup $19,000 better than his? Probably not, you know. Um, I had Amon Ross St. Brown. He actually did too, that that guy I brought up. But, um, you know, there's within... So <laughs> Amon Ross St. Brown, the, the Lions, obviously they lost David Montgomery. And St. Brown was sitting on eight for 100 and a touchdown, um, you know, at that point in the game. And they're kind of trying to ice the clock. On their like last drive, he caught four passes for 24 yards because the, the Bucks were stacking the box. So they were just like, they just were throwing short passes to St. Brown, you know, and that's, I mean, that's 6.4 points right there. And there's some people who had him as well below me, but you know, if, you know, if they just run the ball or if they throw it to Laporta or something, I mean, that there's a big swing there. So, you know, that's, there's skill in it for sure, but there's also, you need some run good. So, um, you know, to those people who, to, you know, to what we talked about last week, um, you know, just, it's about the process and, and just putting yourself in position and then, you know, hopefully things break right for you um, occasionally, which, you know, during my cold streak, I had some, sometimes where those things were breaking the other way. So, uh, you know, just a, just a reality check. Like, um, that, you know, I'm excited that that was a great win, but also like, 
got to be aware of it. Like that you're, even when you have your, your good, when you have your good ones, you need to be aware of, you know, the variants that went your way um, and vice versa. When <laughs> things don't go your way, you got to, you know, you got to stay even keel both ways. Man, payouts are so much better on DraftKings than FanDuel. <laughs> what do you mean? It seems to me like the 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 the, the top one percent uh, based on there's just more there's more contests and tournaments and mm -hmm. options on DraftKings than there is on FanDuel overall. Yeah, uh, for whatever reason, my my style just seems to fit historically uh, FanDuel more. I've had more success on FanDuel than Dra I actually have barely played DraftKings at all this year. But there is actually a five entry max. That's $33 a team that I want that I was playing last year. And I want to start getting into that one on DraftKings. It's a similar to the one we cover every week on FanDuel. Is that the $33 one? Yeah. yeah. $33 yeah, team, five entry max. That's going to be my target on DraftKings, I think, to try to add to the existing focus, which I'm at nausea mm -hmm. focused on this uh this one tournament. But, but yeah, mm -hmm. man, awesome team. Great correlation there. Uh, definitely your uh, ownership percentages. You can see how uh, you'd separate separate yourself from the field if uh, things broke right. Um, yeah, I hate the variance train, man. That's that's what I've been waiting to toot, toot on for you, <laughs> for you, as far as on that kind of level. But, um, but yeah. I, had two, I, I had three of my five teams placed. My best team was eighth place. So I cracked the top 10 for a second time in uh, six weeks. I had another week where I had a 15th place. So I've had a seventh and eighth and a 15th, three out of six weeks in, in the tournament that we cover. And mm -hmm. then uh, my third team that creeped into money placement was because of Amon Ra. I actually did a radical late swap from a stack that I initially had set up. But then when I saw the ownership was so low on Goff and Amon Ra, I went ahead and switched it to them. And I think there was one, one other player too I switched out and, that actually crept me into the uh, my third third of five teams uh, making the money line in, in the tournament this uh, past Sunday. So uh, another ode to uh, you know thinking about late swap and thinking about your options and having kind of being cognizant of the uh, salary too or what you have to uh, spend to potentially be able to switch around in the late window. And so uh, so yeah, I had a good week as well. But again, you know, hats off, great week. For Mr. Johnson, and I'm uh, ready to roll with uh, as ugly as this week definitely looks on the face of it. Uh, I've been doing the start of my usual digging process, and I think I've found some potential gold. I say that knocking on wood very cautiously, but mm -hmm. yeah, I, I do want to touch on it's funny because, like, you brought up the ownership percentages on this lineup. Um, like, I don't like, I barely, if at all, think about ownership when I'm building rosters like my i'm just trying to build good rosters um you know especially at the running back position um you know i'm like i we were talking in our um group chat with like xandamir hilo jm last week about just like how like running back chalk is like good chalk for a reason usually um you know it's they're in the best spots. They touch the ball often enough that it usually works itself out at least to a certain degree. Um, but in general, you know, I'm not, 
I'm not building thinking, oh, this guy's low owned. I got to get him. This guy, like, I'm just playing. Like, I, I did my research. I, I actually did the game right up for the Falcons game, and I really liked the the Falcons stack. And I actually, I do all my stuff. I turn my player grid in and everything. Kind of before I, like, consume anything else from, like, JM or any of the other guys. Um, and so when I went through JM's player grid, I texted him right away. I'm like, hey, I'm excited to see we're both on the Falcons. Um and I really didn't like, I didn't even think about it from the aspect of like, these guys are all going to be single digit ownership. I was just like, I think they're going to throw a lot and they're cheap. Like they're going to score well. Um, you know, same with, you know, the Dolphins Panthers game, like, like there, there's a lot of discourse on Twitter about like how crazy owned most there was, most there was and this, that, and the other. And, you know, I saw people like, Oh, well, if you played 45%, 50% owned Raheem Mostert, like you, you know, whatever, like I'm fine with losing to that, but it's, I mean, I would say like, I've probably now had like 15, 12 to 15. I don't know the exact number dating back to 2013 or 14, whatever, um, like kind of pretty big weeks like this. And I would say half of them have had a running back that's like over 35% owned on the roster. Like, so it's like, um, you know, it's about the roster, I guess, is where I'm going with it. Like, yeah, you're not going to have all dudes, all the chalkiest dudes, but like that shouldn't be like forefront of your mind and you shouldn't avoid a player because of ownership. The reality is like, (laughs) I mean, most there is like, he's the best running back non CMC running back in football this year. Um, Coming into that game as the clear feature back against the worst run defense on a week where not many teams were expected to score a lot of points, like at 6,400, like you could argue 47% is like way under owned. Um, So just, you know, I just wanted to touch on that because I, that's the biggest mistake I think since I've gotten into content three years ago, um, and being on the site and kind of hearing more of what people are saying and like people in discord, like the focus is for most people is way too centered on ownership instead of centered on the plays. And then kind of the ownership is like a cherry on top. Um, so if that makes sense, like it, it was interesting. Like I'm, when I was looking through the lineup, I'm like, Oh yeah, all these guys are pretty low owned. I'm, like I was surprised at a few of them that um, they were so low on, but um, so yeah, sorry for uh, diving in <laughs> to a long diatribe there, but um, you know, and I did, you, I did mention, I also took second in the single entry, uh, the fair catch. It's a $12 tournament on DraftKings uh, for 10 K very similar lineup uh, Ritter uh, Drake, London Pitts instead of Janu, and then the Curtis Samuel, bring back um and then most there in st brown again uh and i had cup and swift to round that one out so um very similar lineup it finished point or it finished three points behind uh the one in the flea flicker the one in the flea flicker was built on the bink machine um but you could see there it was the 138th uh roster um you you see the little uh i gotta share this one instead uh, 138th roster built. So, uh, 
Yeah, the the twelve dollar the single entry that was hand built, very similar. The Bink machine. That's what I love about the Bink machine is it it I feel like I haven't used optimizers for like three years because I just got frustrated with them and I couldn't get them to like make lineups that I liked or that I would sign it up. It would make them all and then I'd go and change a bunch of them. Um, but it apparently even the bink machine as good as it is it took 138 tries to beat me so um i digress we will get into week seven FanDuel. maximus your time to shine quick shout out your tournament it's growing growing yeah i noticed it's growing that. it's getting bigger you like a proud father? <laughs> like yeah, I added 77 more spots. First place is a thousand more. So, quick, quick thing on the percentage thing. The, the only, definitely for this size tournament, it doesn't matter as much. The only thing it does matter to me is if I'm with the late swap feature. If I'm ahead or behind, it's good to have maybe at least a broad sense of what I need to do, whether I want to stay even with the field if I'm ahead or if I'm grossly behind you know pivot to the uh not as owned uh especially on a stack i completely agree running back especially this year eating running back chalk is healthy for you <laughs> mm -hmm. but uh, especially like the quarterback stack um if you can switch it out to something else viable that's not as owned or not not as perceived to be as owned, then that could help you catch up if that uh you know plays out so that's my only thought on on the with the ownership on really more on late swap purposes based on if you're ahead or behind. And our yeah. very uh, ATL does a great section in our scroll every week of a late swap where he actually covers every price range. He does it for DraftKings, but I still read it of who you could pivot to potentially based on if you're ahead or behind. So shout out to a stat ATL for that uh, column in our one week season scroll. But go go ahead. Yeah, he's he's really good. And I will say that like so like I go through and we've talked about late swap before. Like I do go through like I'm I start checking on my lineups. Um I like early fourth quarter. Like I'm central time. So for me it's like 2:15 about that I start like scrolling through my lineups, seeing which ones are like doing well and then like I'm comparing not just which ones are doing well but how they're doing and how many minutes left, you know? Um, like for instance, my lineup that was doing the best um, in the morning, it ended with 190.18 points. So it was actually in like fifth place after the early games, uh, but it had no late guys. So this lineup, the one that took second, um, Amon Ross St. Brown, I had him left. So it had 175 points with him still to go. So like I could see that and to your point, like that's the one place where I did think about ownership. Like I wasn't thinking about it at all when I built the lineup really, but then when I'm in position there, no, I didn't touch it because I'm like, well, this is, this is absolutely perfect. Like I'm in, you know, 30th place and no, like I, you know, and you can click the people above you and like it looks like nobody above me has a Monroe St. Brown or it is going to have a receiver with that much salary. I obviously can't see their 
So I'm like, well, this is, this is perfect. And you know, he's expected to come in like sub 5%. And, uh, you know, if he does, I mean, I can separate even more. So, um, wouldn't touch him there. Um, you know, on the flip side, if, if it looked like there were people ahead of me that had a similar, you know, if I had a chalkier guy in there, you know, it's just, you're going through that thought process, but yeah, I would say that's kind of the spot where I do think of ownership because then you have more information, you know, I'm trying to put myself in position. Uh, and then once I'm in position, evaluating how the slate is gone and, and what I have left and kind of what's around me um, there, I didn't touch it, but yeah, uh, that's a really good point that you made there. Do you want to talk? Did you talk about, uh, cause you said, you said you made some money off of late swap. Yeah. Like I said, I have three teams that place out of my five, but the third one that placed barely crept above the money line of the points that you needed to kind of be in the top 131 spots. And that was based on swapping out. I think I had like Hertz, Swift and Goddard or something like that. And I switched it out to uh golf Amon Ra. I can't remember who the other player was. May have been a oh, maybe been Godwin, like a bring back. Um, and I switched that out because I knew I was way behind on that team, and I was gonna have to play something that was perceived to be less owned. And to your point, guys, you you can look, you can't know what other teams around you have per se, but you could see the salary that's left over, and then you can kind of guess, educated guess on who they probably have. And uh, yeah, Mon Ross seemed to come in really low owned. If you looked at the fan, at least the FanDuel main slate ownership on our one week season site, uh, he was like sub five. Jared Goff is like less than 1% owned on the main slate, apparently. So I was like, well, you know, Lions are a powerful team at this point. They've been doing good on the road, you know, and uh, the Bucks typically, and obviously Montgomery going out kind of helped the situation that you can't prepare for that. But in this case, that variance worked out in our favors if you had a bomb raw. And so, yeah, yeah, one of my three teams was definitely because of recognizing, you know, okay, you're behind. You're going to have to get a little different here to catch up. You can't just ride like Cooper Cup and the chalk guys, or you're just going to kind of stay where you're at. But yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. Let's hear it. Let's hear this lineup for this week. Speaking of Cooper Cup, <laughs> there yeah. he is. Good segue. Mr. Automatic. So, yeah, seemingly a pretty ugly week. If you're going by Vegas point spreads and individual team totals, on the face of it, doesn't seem like a lot of greatness. But a couple notes I'll correlate with why I have this team to this point. I did kind of want Mike to chime in on two spots. The spot that currently is occupied by Josh Jacobs and the flex spot that's occupied by Drake London, because that once again, I usually bring this up a little bit every week at the price points and the other players that are around those price points. If you're doing five teams, especially, or even more in a bigger tournament, man, there really is some goodness, at least on FanDuel, based on the other players that are available around these prices for this particular week. But uh, we're starting with Matthew Stafford. Uh, per Mike's FanDuel course, if you're going to play not a dual threat rushing quarterback, which certainly Stafford is not. It's probably smart to double stack. And the Rams have gotten pretty concentrated since Cup has been back. So I have Stafford 
uh, stacked with Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. Uh, if you wanted to get, you know, you could always replace Nakua for Tutu in the hopes that he kind of gets back involved more. And then that would really free up salary on some other areas. But in this team, we're going to keep it Cup and Nakua. It seems like Stafford is, that's his only two targets uh, recently since Cup's been back. I do not have a run back on this one. However, Drake London could easily easily be swapped out to uh, George Pickens. And then, uh, you know, you still could keep the base of your team relatively similar. Um, but anyway, but for now, we have just London in there at the flex. So I have Cup with or, um, Stafford with Cup and Nakua. We have another skinny stack here of Jameer Gibbs. Obviously, watch the injury status. But boy, talk about a, a, a bad luck streak. Now Craig Reynolds is injured, apparently. Craig Reynolds is? He is. Yeah. Hamstring. You can look him up real quick. When did that uh, happen? Dan Campbell saying that Gibbs is definitely trending towards playing. Craig Reynolds popped oh, up. Yeah. He was held out of Wednesday's walkthrough. Mm -hmm. uh, we know Montgomery's not playing. Uh, I will say this, which I was a little bit surprised, basically because of the history maybe, but Ravens are allowing 19 FanDuel fantasy points a game to running backs through six weeks. So if Gibbs continues to trend and he's going to be the lead dog, uh, I love that skinny stack with uh, Mark Andrews at tight end. He's almost $2,000 cheaper than Kelsey, like $1,700, I think. And uh, as good as the Lions have been, they are allowing the most catches and the second most yards to tight ends on the year. And Andrews, uh, one thing I was talking off air with Mike about it, it was kind of odd to see that the Ravens have only played at home one time this year. They've been on the road, like basically the whole season. I think September 24th was their only home game. So I would imagine there's going to be some energy with the crowd and with them being able to, to be back home. I, I feel I like Lamar Jackson as well this week. I think the lions maybe can bring him out of his shell to be a competitive game where he has to be kind of on his A game, so to speak. But but I digress on that. But yeah, So I have a uh, Andrews and Gibbs skinny stack. Uh, Josh Jacobs, uh, just a volume monster. Jimmy G may not play. You can run on Chicago. It's pretty self-explanatory there. Uh, Jackson Smith Najigba. So Metcalf is injured. Lockett is injured. So at the very least, uh, both uh, Lockett with a hamstring and Metcalf has a hip and rib that he's been playing through pain. Now, I know people definitely bought into what Metcalf had to say about Najigba. I think a week or two ago, he, he, he had some pretty high praise for him. Mm -hmm. This could be the week where those words actually go into action. So at 4,900, he's probably going to be at the least – he could be wide receiver too, uh, between Lockett and, and Metcalf battling injuries. Probably, I think he's probably comfortable enough in the offense at home against Arizona where they can probably scheme some more uh, targets for him in theory. Um, and so we have him at 4,900. And then we have uh, currently Drake London in the flex spot. And then the Giants defense. So the Giants defense. Uh, came to life last week, seemingly against the Bills, played a really good game. But beyond that, they're playing the Commanders, who definitely definitely not doubting they'll put up points on the Giants. 
However, Sam Howell is the most sacked quarterback in the NFL through six weeks. So definitely think uh, there is probability for turnovers, strip sacks, interceptions. Again, when you're, when you're thinking about defense, it's more about the turnover possibilities rather than the points that they're going to necessarily give up. So that's a little explanation of the team. But like I said, in particular, that Jacobs and London spot, there is so much goodness at those price points that if you're doing five teams, now this team's already pretty correlated, but if you really wanted to get crazy on the correlation, like I said, you could swap London out for either George Pickens to complete the Stafford stack. You could also do Marquise Brown as a skinny stack with uh, Najigma. And then that would free you up to get up to, uh, I think with the Marquise Brown and um, yeah, London for Marquise Brown and then keep Najigba in. And then that would actually get you up, I believe, to Saquon Barkley, which actually oddly would correlate with the Giants defense. So these, these are all like... You'd be, a, you'd be 100 short. Okay, who was it then that I had? Oh, you know what? Maybe it was um, Christian Watson in the flex I thought about. At yeah, yeah. You could do Watson, and then you could get up to uh, Barkley. And Watson, I feel, is a viable option this week against Denver. Could be a sneaky, bad team shootout. Actually, the, the point spread on it is uh, is one of the higher point spreads on the, on the slate. But the total, you mean? The, yeah, the game total. Total, yeah. It, it's a game that's not being as talked about as like the Chiefs and the, the Chargers. You know, I read your uh, your write-up, Mike, on that. I, I'm kind of in agreement without reading your write-up. I kind of felt when kind of examining that game that – I don't know if Vegas has that right, that game. What's that? The way those teams are playing, it could easily be a similar result as the Monday night game. Yeah, well, I mean, to but that's where like it's – it's not that with the point spreads with Ve- you know Vegas like it's they're reacting to what people are expecting you know they're like it in fairness like I think it opened at like 51 or 52 and now it's down to like 48 um so I mean it's moving down you know I think a lot of people you know the sharp people that are making these huge bets that are moving these lines um kind of seeing the same thing that Chiefs defense is good. You know, neither offense is, you know, they both have high profile quarterbacks and are viewed as these high scoring teams, but they're not like explosive teams. Uh, You know, the Chiefs are not making the explosive plays uh, that they've made in years past. The Chargers uh, without Mike Williams, um, you know, rookie Quentin Johnston has been underwhelming to say the least. And then you know, their three best skill players are Eckler, Keenan Allen, and Josh Palmer. I mean, they're all like possession short to intermediate is like their, their bread and butter. So, you know, it's it's going to be they're, that they're going to have to like matriculate the ball down the field. That's going to take some time. Chiefs defense has been good. It's probably going to be, you know, tough for them to get into the end zone once they are in the red zone. Um, and then the chiefs just have been, they're just so focused on the running backs and tight ends that they just haven't made a ton of explosive plays themselves. And they're fine. You know, they're at the point they're they're not trying to prove anything like as far as offensively, they're just trying to win games and win a championship. So, um, 
yeah, it's 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 an interesting week for sure because that's like the one high profile, high game total, and it's got a lot of paths to downside. Um, so it's just yeah, it's really interesting. I wanted to bring up um, with this lineup, you've got um, the London and Smith and the Jigba uh, that you originally had. Make sure you get London in the receiver spot in JSN. Um, and to your to what we were talking about before with the uh, with the late swap stuff, because they are. Like I said, you know, I don't think that much about ownership, but like just looking at early ownership, I do think like the Rams receivers, um, Jacobs, Gibbs, like those guys will all be fairly popular um, just because like they're good plays, which, you know, we don't want to just avoid good plays because they're popular. But based on how the early games go, you've this the other, this gives you opportunity to swap. You know, you've got a lot of salary and you've got four spots there with uh, Stafford, Cup, Nakua, um, and JSN to where, you know, depending on how those early games went. Oops. Shouldn't have, Who was that, Gibbs? Uh, yeah, that was Gibbs. You know, you can basically remove those four guys and say, okay, I got you know, 28, six, 28, six to, to build a roster, a stack with any of the, you know, there's four late games. So, you know, you've got Seattle, you've got the likely popular uh, chiefs chargers game, green Bay, Denver, you brought up, that might be like a perfect spot to attack. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I like how you built this roster and, you know, to, to kind of, tie together what we talked about earlier uh you know you'd have options there if your core does really well you like you don't you don't need to um change anything stick with your gut stick with the plays you liked the best before the slate started um and if it doesn't like you know maybe then you know you find a way to play uh you know, a, a lower owned stack, you know, Austin Eckler's 9,400. Maybe he's lower owned this week just because he's so expensive. Um, but, you know, you could, you could get him into that stack uh, or into that, you know, those spots and, and play off of it. Um, you know, the Packers stack will be cheap. So there's just options there. Like, I love that. It gives you options um, and kind of to what we were talking about before the ownership, the strategy aspect of it, bringing that in uh, late as a, as a way to either get yourself to the top or get yourself in the money like you did last week. And that matters. Like that's, I mean, what, 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 what is it like one, what's the minute? Yeah. If you just make the money line, it's 150 bucks. So. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a big deal. That's two entries. Yeah. Cause I finished eighth place for 300. And then I had two other teams at 150 each. So you doubled what your overall buy-in is for this tournament. Looks like with the new structure, they changed it a bit. Yeah, versus 125, but still 2x, you know, that, I mean, that adds up. If you're able to save one team that would have not cashed and you're able to save um, a min cash in a tournament like this once, even every three weeks, I mean, you know, that's basically one free entry a week almost. So. Uh, 
yeah, definitely important thing to, to be paying attention to. And another stack you could switch to. Now, you mentioned him in your FanDuel focus last week, but I believe he still applies for this week, and that's Geno Smith. Geno Smith is is really good price on him, and then you could pair him with Najigba and Lockett and then have a lot of salary left over um, for one other spot. I, th- I mean, if you wanted to pivot off of Stafford, that would be one route you could go. Um, also, yeah. on that official Stafford build, you mentioned Eckler. If you took out Nakua and put in Tutu, you could get up to Eckler, actually, with, uh, with uh, I believe, Watson in the flex. So, you know, there are a lot of pathways even to get that far up. I, I, I have the running back cutoff on FanDuel this week at 6,400, which is A.J. Dillon. Anything above him with that seven-player shell that we initially had there, uh, you can get up to and, and be viable and not really be losing much of anything on a certain spot. Part of that is because Najigba at 4,900. I think he opens up a lot if he winds up being a wide receiver one or two because of the injuries to Metcalf or Lockett, but – <clears throat> yeah, that's it. that's the thing about FanDuel too is like you don't need like on DraftKings a lot of times you got to find like multiple or several like cheap guys who are going to see good volume that you know they'll rack up like points just to have like a chance. Um, FanDuel really like I mean here you've got a, a cheap defense um, in a good spot and then like if JSN at 5k like if he has six for 80 and a touchdown like with what you have on the rest of your roster, like you can have really good players, the rest of your roster. So, you know, you just kind of have to pick, you just have to find like maybe one spot, maybe two, if you want to spend up at defense, um, you know, and the rest of your roster uh, can be guys that you're really high on, um, you know, and we talk all the time about FanDuel, how important touchdowns are, uh, you know, and, you know, almost to an even greater extent this week, uh, that's going to be the separator. If, uh, these game totals um, prove to be predictive, you know, touchdowns are going to be at a premium. So, you know, if you can find the guys, um, if you can, you know, it might, it might, you know, it might, it might be a thing where if you can find one or two cheap guys that just, that get in the end zone, like, you know, even 50 yards and a touchdown uh, that could be really valuable, you know, and have the added benefit of you can spend up on, these premium guys who have, you know, that's the the thing kind of that separates the premium guys is that they have the best chance of scoring two touchdowns in a given week. Um, so, you know, it kind of works together there. Uh, and sometimes those, the middle tier guys, they can get volume or have like a big play, uh, but it's hard to get like a bunch of them scoring more touchdowns on a week where there's not that many touchdowns to be had. So, you know, just an interesting, interesting uh, week. I mean, it's ugly, but it's fun, you know. Right. And, yeah, a player like Najigba or finding one player like that to unlock other pathways because I, I feel you always have to account for, and especially if you're doing five lineups, you can actually account for those premium players and maybe even get it down. You don't have to, but where you could at least have the option to uh, have one of them on each team. Like you could have Eckler on one or, or uh, Devante or, uh, you know, Cup mm-hmm. obviously is a mainstay. <clears throat> He's just, you know, game script independent. 
So mm-hmm. it, it's good to, to when when you can un, when you can have one, like you said one or two players that are mispriced for their role, and uh, that opens up especially on FanDuel where pricing is looser anyway. Um, yeah, it opens up a lot to uh, especially if you're making multiple teams. So yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, yeah, excited for the week. Excited to go build. I got to finish uh, writing my edge games for the week again uh anyone watching this of course we're recording this on thursday so any of our injury stuff or things that we don't talk about uh keep in mind uh what information we have uh at hand here that of course this goes live on friday we're recording thursday um but always good chatting with you maximus um you know the more consistent of the two of us you are uh I just I'll, I'll gladly I'm, switch you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I guess I'm the higher upside flyer, uh, and you're you know the consistent high floor guy. You're um, Christian Watson going down the field, although he missed a big. Yeah, play. hopefully he doesn't get horse collar tackled this week. Yeah, um, right. That's what that's five cool. yard line. Um, yep. But yeah, no, in, exciting week. Uh, you know, around the household, didn't have to sell the. Uh, didn't have to sell the artwork. We were able to keep that around for another week. Uh, we were able to get groceries without selling it. So, uh, yeah, good stuff. Best of luck, one week season fam. Be sure to like and subscribe. Check out the uh, site. Uh, you know, we have one week season free. You can get all the NFL Edge games for free. Uh, we have weekly passes. You can check out uh, our player grids and all our other content talking about strategy for the week. Um, you know, we have weekly, monthly and season long, the season long, uh, price for the bink machine, uh, which I used in my flea flicker lineup, uh, which works on FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, also used it on FanDuel for the last first time last week, uh, had some success there, kind of like a break even week, uh, on FanDuel for me. Um, but yeah, uh, it's made my life easier. Um, just kind of, kind of working through it. So highly recommend the bink machine. You guys should absolutely check it out. We will see you next week. We will see you at the top of the leaderboards. Bye-bye. One week season.